0: Welcome to Off the Board Sports. We are three professional sports handicappers. In each podcast episode, we will give three to five free sport picks to our listeners. We will also dive into the hottest sports topics around the globe and offer our opinions. Let's get right into our show before our picks are taken off the board. Good morning on this Saturday, January 27th. And welcome to another edition of Off The Board Sports, your number one source for free sports picks and the hottest opinions on the hottest sports topics on the planet. Again, two-in-one night. last night, again, we are hitting at 64%. Costs our listeners absolutely not one single penny to listen to our sports picks for free on our podcast. Again, two-in-one last night, 64%. That's right, 64%. That's higher than... Any other person on TV, any other scam artist, handicapper, scam capper right here does not cost you a single dime. Let's dive into this Saturday as we kick off the Australian Open. Chapman Zabalinka, first woman in a while to win back-to-back Australian Open finals, and she beats Jang. We're not going to really get dive into that. We're going to wait for tomorrow's uh, – we're going to wait for the final against Medvedev. And, Sinner, you guys have any preview on the Australian Open before we get in our free picks and the other sports topics
1: on today? Yeah, Juan, go ahead. Give your thoughts on the final uh, in uh, Australia. Yeah, well, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, Yannick Center is a big favorite at minus 280. He's been the least player of this tournament to be on court, according to time-wise. Medediv is the second longest. He's played a couple five-setters, including last uh, match against Zerov. But if you look at the head-to-head, Medvedev has dominated 6-3, but last three, Sinner has turned the table on him, winning uh, close matches 2-1, 2-1 for the sets. But now it's going to be just that mentality. You know, Medvedev's been there, done it. If I think it, if it goes five sets, it favors him. I think Sinner wants to get this with, done within four, like what he did against Novak. He's only lost one set, and that was that tiebreak to Novak. I think Sinner, his game, he's really developed, matured as a tennis player, He's not going big anymore. He's just uh, maintaining the rallies. He's just not overhitting, and he's uh, playing really well with the hottest player on tour right now. I think Giannis Sinner will get his first Grand Slam at, uh, <clears throat> tomorrow. Give me him in this match. i like it uh, to go four sets. I think uh, Giannis Sinner will win this uh, match uh, very convincingly. I think Daniel Medvedev, like I said, last three matches against Sinner has struggled. I think he needs to figure something out against the Italian. Yeah, Juan, and uh, everyone knows Sinner has one of the best forehands, if not the best forehand in the game. Medvedev has uh, as well. His backhand is very good as well. Uh, But it's going to be a hard-hitting tennis match here. These two guys are powered, both good serves. Uh, You mentioned Medvedev playing a couple of back-to-back five-setters. That might hurt him. Sinner, you mentioned him not being on the court much. That's a a key for him. Uh, But Medvedev, like you mentioned, he's been there. He's won uh, Grand Slams before. Uh, center, this is his first time being in a grand slam final. We'll see if he's a little bit nervous, a little bit uh, uh, on easy at the start of this match. But once it starts, he'll settle in, and he's been a solid as it comes all tournaments. So uh, I think this does go four at least. I, I don't expect anyone to win 3 0. I expect uh, Medvedev you know, to do what he does. He's an agitator, he'll get under his opponent's skin, he'll do whatever it takes to win a match. We've seen that in the past, but. Uh, I think Medvedev will pull the upside. I'm going with the value here, the more experienced player in these finals. Uh, I'm going to take him at plus 180. Yeah, it's actually plus 225. Oh, but, plus um, Okay, it's gone up plus 225. I'll take that. Money. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't see it. I think uh, Yannick Center, it's his time, and it's going to be his first Grand Slam. But, uh, again, if you never count out a player like Daniil Medvedev, you talk about his uh, antiques on the court. It could, could frustrate Center. could get him off his game. But uh, moving on to our big slate in college basketball today.
0: Yeah, yeah, big slant in college basketball. I'm going to kick off our free uh, uh, sports pick round. I'm actually going to go in the NBA. I'm looking at this line. It's a humongous line, I think, right now. Actually, really probably no one in the league playing better in the Clippers in the last month or so. They're getting plus eight. They come in with their full-headed, healthy big three coming in this game. Boston Celtics will be short. It looks like a very doubtful. Porzingis he has a bad ankle. Give me the points at plus eight and the Clippers to cover in this one in Boston. I like it. I mean, we're full team versus full team in this one. No one playing right now better than the Los Angeles Clippers. Plus eight before it does go off the board. What do you got right now, Marco, in your first pick in today's slate?
1: Yeah, I'm going down the SEC. We got the Auburn Tigers here on the road at Mississippi State. I like Mississippi State here in the upset. I'm going to go ahead and take them plus two and a half here at home. We saw Auburn in midweek. He'll play at Alabama. Close fought game. Lost. Now they got to go to another tough environment as it's never easy to win on the road in college basketball. Mississippi State had a tremendous start to the season. They have struggled in conference play a little bit, 2-4. and four. Uh, But I like the matchup here. you got Tooley Smith. He's been back. Missed the first half of the season. He's been putting up big numbers since his seven games coming back. That's going to be a matchup to watch in this one between him and Broom in the post. Uh, and Josh Hubbard. He's a guy that comes off the bench for the Bulldogs at 14 points per game. Uh, this Bulldog team is physical this is gonna be a physical basketball game uh, but I like Mississippi stay here at home to pull the upset like I said two and four in conference play this is a, a big game on Saturday for them here at home Auburn is a much better on at home as we all know I'm gonna take the underdog here one Nice. Yeah, I'm going to go ACC matchup, going Clemson on the road and Cameron indoors. I'm going to go the road dog here at plus nine. I think they match up well with the starting five of the Blue Devils. You talked about the, it's going to be a mat- game of the bigs down low. You got Hall from Clemson, the seven-footer against uh, Fibolowski from Duke. I think whoever's going to have more success in the paint, both of them can stretch you out and hit the three. I think that's going to be a big outcome in this game. Then you talked about the guards. The Duke has a little bit more depth at the guards, but I, I like Gerard third, the transit from Syracuse, Hunter as well. I think they can match them. I think they can go up and down with the Blue Devils. You know, like that's their uh, game style. They don't like to slow the game down. Clemson's more that tempo, what they like to do over the years. I think uh, this is just way too high for this game. I think uh, Clemson, they put the po- po- points up the last couple games. And you saw Duke. They, they struggled a couple games, a couple of letdown games. Pittsburgh got them at home. I think this is just too high for this game. I, give me Clemson plus nine.
0: There you go. Clemson plus nine. Uh, we're going to uh, get into our next couple of segments on the show today. We're going to go a little bit NBA heavily. Tomorrow morning we're going to be going, of course, all conference championships in the NFL. We're going to look at right now the MVP race in the NBA. I know a lot of people are saying the frontrunner is Embiid. At first, it started with Donnage, then Embiid. Right now, it's kind of taking over. Uh, Joker's right there. But last night, what did Luka Donnage do to his chances in the NBA MVP races? He pours in 73 points, some of the most points scored since Will Chamberlain and also Kobe Bryant's famous 81. Right now, uh, Booker coming up with 62 last night. I mean, is it the product of really good NBA players? Or, of course, what I say, they played no defense the last 20 dang years in this league. But let me tell you something right now. Luka Donich, this man is possessed. Does he give MB? Embi- we got another MVP matchup today in Denver, in the Mile High City. Embiid versus Joker again. Embiid coming off that 70-point performance head-to-head last time. Joker did not have a bad game as well in that one. But right now, Marco, who is your MVP well, in the NBA in the men- Association.
1: Yeah, you mentioned everybody else, but the other guy that I'm going to mention here that is in the running here is Shea Gillis-Alexander. As you look at the odds, you mentioned beat and Jokic ahead of him, but he's there at plus 340 right now, sitting ahead of Luka Donnage, and you look what the Thunder has done this season. Top seed in the West. Yeah, 73 yeah. points for Donnage. is an excellent game, but uh, I'm looking at Gillis-Alexander. Beginning of the year, he was 30-1. You look at this guy, one of the most efficient guards in the league, 31 points per game, five rebounds, six assists, 54% from the field. Yeah, Embiid had a big game a couple of weeks ago. I get it. Uh, but I think uh, what the Thunder's done this year, nobody expecting them out of the, in the Western Conference there is more impressive. Uh, we know what Nikola Jokic brings to the table. We don't need to really talk about that. We all know his game and how important he is in the Nuggets. Uh, but I like Shea Gillis-Alexander. I think he's the best guard in the league right now. I would actually take him over Luka Donnage, in my opinion. Uh I don't know if you guys would agree with that. He's one of the most clutch players in the NBA this season as well. He's got another award in going that as for him this season. Uh, him and Damian Lillard, right there. But uh, Juan, what, what is your take? You think Embiid, uh, Jokic, you know Donage, Yes, he had the big game against uh, the Hawks yesterday. But what's your take on it? Yeah, I love Shailis Gillis-Alexander. I've seen this kid out of Kentucky. I knew he was going to be a superstar getting drafted by the Clippers. He didn't play much there one season. Then he goes to Oklahoma City. Didn't have much talent to play with. Now they're really rolling what they did with the draft to get some other guys. But back to this point, I, I think – And you also got to mention him on the defensive side of the ball, One, He's 2.3 stills. That's got to be a top of the NBA as well. Yeah, he does it all – courses of the game. He's uh, one of the best defensive players, one of the best two-way guards in the game. But back to the MVP uh, talk right now, it has to be Joel Embiid for me in my opinion, the defending MVP winner. I think he's putting up stats close to 40 points night in, night out. I think he's going to have a big game against Denver today. Nicole Jokic is a game-time decision dealing with an eye injury. If he's not a go, I don't know who's going to be able to stop him. And even if Jokic is a go, he might not be 100% dealing with that eye injury. He might have to wear one of those masks. They like to... uh, uh, when they're dealing with a facial injury. But anyways, back to this point, it's Joel Embiid for me. He's a flavor right now. He's talking about some value with uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander. But I think it's going to be uh, Joel Embiid if he continues to put up these stats day night in and night out.
0: Nice. And we're going to get into a couple of young budding uh, rivalries in the NBA but in terms of players. I want to talk a little bit, and maybe you guys you guys, have touch up on uh, Alexander. But right now, two budding rivalries that we see going on right now in the NBA is Alexander versus Anthony Edwards. This is turning into a nice little superstar rivalry. And then, of course, the young centers, Ebuama and Chet Holmgren. And actually, these two did not like each other. I mean, there's a lot of uh, tension right now. And Chet Holmgren, he's still probably up for rookie of the year, the leader right now. Ebuama coming up big right now. What would who do you these? We want to talk about this rivalry first. Which one do you want to talk about first, Marco? And who well, do you like?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Holmgren and uh, when Binyama. They don't like each other. Yes, they do not. And uh, I'm a Chet Holmgren fan. I would take Holmgren over when Binyama any day of the week. I've said that in the beginning of the season when Binyama has had some good games down the in the second half of the NBA season. But Holmgren, same type of players. Both guys are seven foot. Both can bring the ball up. Both can shoot up from the outside. Both can pass, both can rebound, both can defend, obviously, but uh, I like Holmgren. I think he's a little bit more efficient from the field, as you look, 54%, 38% from three, 78% from the line. That's pretty good for a big guy, and then again, rebounding assists, still-wise, and blocks, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've been a Chet Holmgren fan ever since he was at Gonzaga. I know Bernie's been on the hype of when Minyama, everyone likes him a lot, but I think the more upside for me is uh, the guy in Oklahoma City. And you he, he can already see the impact he's making there uh, in his first full season. Like I said, the number one seed. He's a big reason why on both sides of the court. Uh, and he's a very vital piece for him and that team. Which one do you like, uh, Juan? Yeah, well, if you're going to just talk about big skill sets, Mark has said a pretty much uh, clear point. They're both very similar in their game. Victor however, Yama can do a little bit more, a little bit more athletic, in my opinion. And, you know, I'm going to hit him for the rookie of the year this year. He's a big favorite right now over Chet Holmgren at minus 200. I think what he's doing in his rookie year on a very poor San Antonio team's impressive, getting 20 points, 10 rebounds. And then you talking yeah. about uh, Chet Holmgren. He has a lot of help right now in Oklahoma City. You know that team's led by Shayla Skillis-Alexander. And you have some other scorers as well. That's why they're one of the best teams out <laughs> in the West. Um, it wasn't always like that for the Thunder, but they've, they've been improving year in, year out. But um, I think he's doing it for uh, Lembanyama, just a one-man show in San Antonio. Uh, I think that's more impressive in my opinion.
0: You want to talk about Anthony Edwards versus Alexander. <laughs> you guys think Alexander, yeah, you guys have touched on his game, all better all-around game. Where, where do you think Edwards stacks up against uh, Well, I mean, Alexander. Edwards is
1: obviously a shooting guard. Gillis Alexander is a point guard, so it's a little bit different there. But Anthony Edwards, yeah, this guy could go flat-out score, 25 points per game. Uh. In terms of head to head, I'm going to take Gillis Alexander all day over him by six. I obviously, uh, Edwards is a, a shooting guard, so there's really you can't really compare. Well, a shooting know, guard but, against a, a point. Well, guard, well, but a lot but, of the guys like Stephen A
0: and all that, they're they, they're they're really hyping up this rivalry. I know these two don't like each other as well, or you know, just with the young, talented teams that they both uh, have right now in Oklahoma City and Minnesota. I mean. Yeah, I think
1: the more of the rivalry would be again. I, what I've been told was uh, Edwards against Devin Booker to both very similar in terms of their shooting guard and their game. But uh, yeah, let's keep it moving here. And hey, you want to add in a little bit on that one? No, I think Gillis uh, Alexander is the most complete player. Again, we can't really compare them, but different positions, yeah. very similar how they play, but. Uh, you know, I was checking this as Alexander. I, th- I just think he's the real deal. He has been the real deal. But, yeah, let's keep it rolling into Marco second. Second
0: pick, second pick Marco, today. Let's give our listeners yeah. another winner.
1: I'm going uh, out in the Pac-12. Colorado, they're 6-3 in the Pac-12. they got a tough game today up in Pullman at Washington State. But uh, ever since uh, Cody Williams has returned from injury and a lot of so-called expert scouts around the NBA think this guy has a chance to go number one in the draft this upcoming year, Six eight. This guy can put it on the deck, shoot the three. They're very good. Uh, but you look at the guard, Simpson. He's been the key for the Buffs uh, in the, keeping it when he's been out of the out of the lineup. Uh, you got DeSilva there as well. You got four guys averaging double figures. And, again, there's a best chance to win the Pac-12 this year. You know, you got Oregon 6-2. and two. We saw Arizona struggle. And, you know, Washington State, like I said, they're a very good basketball team. But I think Colorado has more depth, better guard play. I like them here on the road and then even money here. So I'm going to take a minus 105. Nice one! Yeah, I'm going the very underrated game right here in the college basketball world in the Atlantic 10. It's going to be Dayton going to Richmond. Both of these teams have been playing really good basketball. Dayton has won 13 straight. Richmond has won nine straight. They're both six and zero in the Atlantic 10. Wow. Whoever wins this game will be taking over first place for the moment. But I'm going the home dog here, uh, plus three and a half for Richmond, I'm hoping to get it to four. But I'll take three and a half. Um, You talk about the Spiders. They've been playing really good basketball at home, undefeated. Dayton, you know what they like to do. They go with the big down low. Deron Holmes, the second, the seven-footer. But Richmond has a seven-footer of their own with Nathan Quinn that can defend him, a little bit bigger, can bully him around down low. I think he will have success against him. And you know Dayton, they run their offense through Holmes. And you talk about Richmond on the offensive side with Jordan King, the transfer for East Tennessee State. Gets 20 a game. I think he has a big game as well as Bigelow down low. And Nathan Quinn, who can stretch you out and hit the three as a seven-footer. Give me the Spiders at home. I think they're playing one of the best teams in the nation uh, in the mid-major conference with Dayton. But today, I think Richmond at home. What's at stake?
0: We'll win this game. There you go. Go Richmond Spiders. Last little quick segment is our little update on the futures. In the Farmers Insurance in beautiful here in La Jolla, California, it does not get any better place to live in the entire United States. Well, uh, our two, our top two uh, future plays, and Homa and Xander Shoffley, both uh, California products, Xander, the local San Diegan, need to come back. Uh, they got, you know, last year's winner, Homa came five back. They're only four back, so it's not – Really out of the possibility to come back. A lot of youngsters up there on the top of the leader. Got those sweaty palms. Faster heartbeat. It's the final round. Get low nerves. I like maybe some of our veterans in Homa and Xander can make a comeback push and take this tournament down one.
1: Yeah, I don't know about Max Homa. He's a little bit more down on the We're board. A little bit further down, yeah. um, uh, he's at minus five. I think that's too much of a task today on the final day. But I'm, I'm going with my another pick, 20-1. to one. Aberg at minus seven, right, yeah, where us, right where Xander is. You talked about what Max Homa did a year ago coming five back to win this tournament. I think it will be a comeback for one of these players. You know, you look at the top of the board, uh, no disrespect to some of these players, but... Um, they haven't really done much in their career. You talk about the leader right now at 34 years old, zero wins on the tour. He was on the oh. European tour. But you talk about Provone in, in second right now at minus 10. You got the young, talented uh, Denmark with Hogarth. And then you got Dietrich, the 34 year old Belgium. So you got a lot of older guys up there right now. Not a, a lot of experience, but not a lot of wins. I think it will be a comeback for Xander, possibly Aberg if he can start off hot on the south course today. It's not going to be easy. Conditions are going to be tough, one of the ho- toughest courses on tour. We all know that. But well, yeah, I think it will be a comeback for one of these guys, Tony Fino, right there as well as minus seven. And look at Will Zella Torres. Really got back himself back in this tournament at minus seven as well. He played really well a year ago in this tournament.
0: Yeah, we're right here yeah. We're right here on venue. It's it's starting off to be a windy early morning here off the coast.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. And we Juan, you mentioned the leaderboard at the top right now. But like I said yesterday, you know, you don't have the star power in this uh, tournament. Uh, Hogard's a young, talented player. I said yesterday, I think he has the best chance to win. Uh, according to what the leaderboard was yesterday, nobody really made a mood. You mentioned Zella Torres, minus four. But now Holgaard goes back to the north course, and he managed the storm yesterday. You know, a lot of people you no, saw. No, no, they play on the south still. Oh, they play on the south today. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. all in the south. Okay, yeah, so. okay, okay, they play on the south. Uh, minus ten. So, yeah, you mentioned Jager and Pavon. I don't expect him to be there. Dentry, he's a solid golfer on the tour. But... If anyone's going to make a move, he said Schauffele minus seven. I mean, four shots. Yeah, They're, they're going not... to be run down, in my opinion, from either one of those guys, Xander. yeah, you know, uh, South Aberg. course is a very hard course. It's one yeah. of the toughest courses on PJ Tour to make up shots. So. Yeah, that's the problem. But you saw Max Holm do it a year ago. I just don't have faith in some of these guys on top of the leaderboard. What are your thoughts on this?
0: I, I totally agree. Like I was saying, sweaty palms, the heartbeat. I like Hogarth bit, to win this. Faster. Some of these guys going after the first win. So, yes, I mean, I, I, I like the veteran and Xander to win this. We thank you for listening to our show today. you got your five free plays. That's right. Take these five free plays before they do go off the board. Inquire about our paid services at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. Join us tomorrow. It doesn't get any better. Action-packed show tomorrow. The AFC Championship. We're going to get right into that one. And the NFC Championship. Thank 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 you for listening to Off The Board Sports. For any inquiries regarding our paid services, please email us at offtheboardsports at gmail.com. We invite you to follow us on Twitter at @theboardsports and Instagram at Sports. Thank you and best of luck.